podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, I'm Sai and welcome to H Podcast Nation. Welcome to the Danny Button Fight Show. This is episode number 40, I think. Never remember. And I always forget to check. But uh, you can check out the video versions of this and all our other shows on youtube.com slash Nation, as well as the audio versions at your favourite podcast and radio platform. Check us out on social media. You can also follow... The Danny Button Show now on Twitter and Instagram at Danny Button FS for the latest MMA talk and shows. If you want to streamline your Ace Podcast Nation content, as it were, so uh, we've got loads to talk about this evening. We've got uh, a bit of Bellator, a bit of UFC, and some big news on in and out and in and out of the cage, should I say? And uh, joining me this evening, first of all, we have former Cage Warriors champion of the world, UK MMA legend. No That's mustache, me. No moustache no. this week. Just <laughs> a black eye. Yeah. Is it always, I'm, I'm always bringing something new with my face. And yeah, this time it's uh, a black eye. Got to switch it up. Got to switch it up. Yeah. It was sure. Was he not your missus when she saw that moustache? <laughs> she slapped it off your face. Um, and we have a very special guest joining us. Is Cage Warriors featherweight? Some have called him the Welsh Khabib, Mr. Ben Ellis. Hey, <laughs> right? Hey guys, yeah, I'm all good. How are you guys doing? Good. We're all good. All good. So um, I don't seem to don't know where to start. Let's start with. Dustin, Dustin, Dustin Poirier and Tony Ferguson from what was potentially looking like the greatest MMA card of all time for UFC 254 is off because the UFC could not come to terms with Dustin Poirier. Danny, what do you think about that, mate? Disappointing. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm absolutely gutted. Um, yeah, that was one I really wanted to see, but I'm sure for Poirier to not agree to fight there's obviously something not untoward but you know we were talking just off air wasn't we you know he he deserved to get what he expects to get and, and there's obviously something going down with the with the finances and yeah I, i'm disappointed yeah it's, it's a big guy i'm hoping that because there's quite a bit of time between now and then not loads but there's about months i'm hoping that maybe it's a bit of um negotiating tactic and maybe like, uh, be able to find something but obviously as the, as the mm. days pass and the weeks pass it gets less and less likely so looks like it's going to be put on the back burner yeah uh, I, I, dana white has said he's not interested in salvaging the fight which i was quite surprised um what uh, what do you make of this ben oh yeah i'm, I'm gutted as well um i think poirier's resume speaks for itself in terms of how willing he is to fight. So if he's saying that he can't come to terms, 
find it hard to imagine that all of a sudden he's the one that's being unreasonable. Um, yeah. But I say Dana and the USC are like they're intelligent, intelligent enough to know that when something goes public, they can't now back down because yeah. every single fighter with any like decent profile is going to do the same thing. They're just going to dig their feet in and ask for more money, which they probably should be getting. But the USC, yeah, hundred percent. I think. Like we've talked, Danny, before about the the ESPN deal was incredible for the UFC, but it didn't really help the fighters a great deal because what they lost was those the leverage at the negotiating table. If they did do a, you know, if they were on a card or they were main event in on a card, which did a load of pay per view buys. They lost leverage because previously that would have got them paid extra and they would have got a lot of money. But because now ESPN paid a flat rate to the UFC and then all the pay-per-view money goes to the ESPN, depending on how many they sell, I think it makes it a bit more difficult for the fighters to negotiate their worth, really. And, you know, like you say, I, do you know what I think, though? I wonder whether because that card was so stacked like ferguson versus poirier in itself is a main event so yeah. i wonder whether the ufc is not that bothered because they could use it to main event ufc 255 or 256 quite easily do you think dan yeah uh absolutely agree um yeah you just uh, but the, the good thing about everything is that uh, um, with that UFC card, it is that fantastic. Okay, so we're losing one that would have been a really interesting matchup, but my God, we've still got some really good ones to watch anyway. So, oh yeah, and I'm I'm sure there'll be, uh, you know, I'm sure the pre, I'm sure the uh, the prelims would have been good as well. So I'm sure they'll just move bump a fight up from there. And yeah, just as good. Um, another bit of uh, wild news: Conor McGregor has been arrested again. Um, this time for uh, indecent exposure and attempted sexual assault, uh, both of which he has been he is vigorously denied and has been released by the authorities. Uh, so he's not being held or anything like that. Um, this isn't like a historical thing. It's happened something which has happened in the last few days. Um, Dana White says he doesn't know enough about it. So um, he said, as far as he's talk concerned, Connor is retired, hasn't talked to him. But what is interesting or ironic, I suppose, about this is in the days before his arrest was announced, he was kind of uh, hinting on social media that maybe he was preparing for fight. He was putting up a lot of things about his diet. He was putting up a lot of things about his training regime which is normally something which he does when he's, you know, getting ready to go in or in fight camp. So, mm. obviously, we're not, we can't really talk to the allegations themselves because we weren't there, we don't know what's going on, legal, blah, blah, blah. But in terms of Conor McGregor, the fighter, he does seem to court controversy, uh, whatever happens, Danny. Mm. Yeah, it does seem that way. Um Yes, I mean, what you can't really comment anymore because um, we need to know more at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, you, you know, also being a wealthy man and as famous as he is, he's also a target of oh, yeah. exaggerated terms. But, you know, I don't want to sort yeah, of be seen by saying that because it's a but, potential sexual... Yeah, of course. But what you know, we can thing, say, but, mate, uh, is 
um, when you've got as much money and you're as famous as he is, it must be very difficult to uh, just to go out for a night out without being yeah. harassed by a load of people asking for photos and drinks and you know whatever it may be. It's got to be difficult. Um, and like even little things, mate. Like when you meet new people, it must be very difficult to make new friends because you don't mm-hmm. know. You know, are they just being friendly because how much money I got, uh, or how famous I am, or you know, is there something in it for mm. them? Kind of thing. It must be a bit of a mind, mind field, and a mind uh, must screw with the mind, mate. It's got to. I'll take with that screwy mind just for that sort of money. I'll, I'll handle it just fine. Well, mate, I, uh, if I had that much money, I wouldn't go out. I just stay in my villa and <laughs> wouldn't wouldn't mix with the general public. <laughs> now, I. Uh, what do you make of it all, uh, Ben? I, uh, I, mean, I struggle with him, to be honest. Um, don't know anything about him as a person. So, like, try not to judge him on, like, allegations because you never know the yeah. merit behind them. Like, I know there was one in there about that him father and a kid in Liverpool, and it turned out to be bullshit. Yeah. yeah. It took him two years and a paternity test to prove that. Mm-hmm. That's, so that's the problem, isn't it? It's, yeah. It's it's someone can mud sticks and it shouldn't. But, like, we would, when we were talking about this, me and you, Ben, just when we were with Danny, like, off air, like we said about, like, this was all over the papers today. Massive write-in. Conor McGregor arrested. Front-page mm. news, blah, blah, blah. If this turns out to be a load of bullshit, if, and I will say if, because we don't know, but if it does, the apology or the retractions in the papers will be, like, two lines on page 23 or something like that. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That it won't be the same uh, level. And I think that's why with celebrities of any kind or well-known people, mud does tend to stick. Because so many times when these re- things are retracted, which they are, I think you'd be, it'd be surprised how many get retracted. But people don't know about it because it's not reported to the same level as the accusations. Um so being that you're not a, a massive fan of him, Ben, do you think we ever see him fight again in the UFC? Um, probably say no. I feel like he's he's not really willing to take a legitimate threat from someone who's not in the immediate title picture. So I'm thinking of someone who's like ranked fourth or fifth, probably someone mm-hmm. like Poirier. Like he's not willing to basically torture himself in training camp for that fight. Yeah, he wants um, KFG or Khabib or nothing. Yeah, there. but then he's not going to be able to skip the queue anymore. Because mm. um, Dana's already dug his feet in on that, like, as he should. So, they say, unless he... like It was when um, it was when Gaethje was calling him out when he fought Cowboy. I think that was that was the turning point for me. Yeah, what's weird about it? Well, do you know what I find weird about it? And we talked about this briefly, I think, a couple of weeks ago, is... Um, when he smashed Cerrone in like 40 seconds, I felt like, right, he looks motivated and focused. I think we're going to see him like really soon after in a big fight. And I felt like that was the plan. And then obviously COVID hit. And for me, if, if I'm Dana White, the two fighters who I'm not having fight in arenas with no fans is probably John Jones and Conor McGregor. Mm. Everyone else I'd probably have fight, but they would, Day or two, which I would not fight have in an arena with no fans, so I would want to wait. But yeah. it gets to a point where 
you can't wait any longer. Like if you if they're still going to fight, they've got to fight. Um, so it'll be interesting if this all kind of continues into next year, and there's still restrictions and all sorts. Um, Danny, do you think we see him again fight in the UFC? Um, I'm going to say we are still going to see him, but not on any meaningful level. I think it will only ever be when it sits comfortable thing. I think, think Ben's kind of nailed it on the head, really. I don't think he's there to work and graft. Um, I think he's just there for a potential paid or something that's got potential huge gains, such as a title and, and so on and so forth. But, you know, what he's got to re-earn his dues again. But um, yeah, I don't know. Here you are then, Dan. If he doesn't want to skip the queue, uh, sorry, if he doesn't want to kind of work his way through the top contenders to get a yeah. title shot, what about if we just saw him maybe once or twice a year in super fights? So maybe yeah, not necessarily I mean, against the champion, just like against. Some yeah, big I mean, names. like they, they created that other belt, didn't they, as well? So oh, I, I just, I just, yeah, I know. Uh, you know, as much as it's a silly idea, it can, you know, create another matchup. And you know, that, he'll just that, do. That belt mate was created. Sorry to interrupt you. That belt yeah, was sorry. created to keep Diaz happy. That was the only reason yeah, they created probably so. it. Yeah, I what the frustrating thing was it worked like a charm, didn't it? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. It did, and... But then we haven't seen him since. <laughs> yeah, but they, they would argue that they don't need to because of the money they made from that show. Sure, yeah, yeah, you're there right. You are. There's a fight for Conor McGregor. I'm not a fan of it at all. I just think, mm. as far as a business goes, it makes yeah. perfect sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah and, that, and, get, and if you can get Diaz to fight, I think is half the battle, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Honestly, like how. How has McGregor convinced the vast majority of the world that Diaz, who's got, what is it, I think he's like 22 and 12, something like that, mm. is a killer when, let's be fair, he's not. He's just, no. he's tough as nails and he's got good jiu-jitsu and he's very, very fit. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, you've seen him get his ass handed to him plenty of times, like Roy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Et cetera, et cetera. But then he convinced everyone that he's all this and I don't think yeah. he is. Mm. That, that trilogy fight would do millions of buys. Yeah, it would. That's the yeah. thing. It definitely, definitely would. When you consider where both fighters are now. Yeah. But if you said yeah. to the public, Nate, Nate Diaz, McGregor, trilogy fight for the BMF title or whatever it is. I am. I say the head fuck though is I'd be one of them. I'd be fucking doing it. 100%. I'd be straight in there. Straight in there. <laughs> yeah. the, everyone the sees Nate. Nate, he's a G, isn't he? That's what the youngsters say. That's what I hear in the gym. Uh, it, he's a G. They say, that's what they say, Dan. <laughs> yeah, something like that, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's worth watching just for that, oh, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> I think we're about similar age, Dan, I say, unfortunately. I think, uh, yeah, I think we I are. Mock, I mock you, but I think we're about the same age. <laughs> Um, all right, I'm going to ask you both the same question. I want you to just tell me in a couple of words, less than a sentence. Uh, we've had Bellator, we've had UFC over the last 48 hours. What caught your eye or what was your favourite moment or most embarrassing moment? Just something which got you straight away when you think of the last 48 hours. Uh, ben, you go first, mate. Oh, I'm good. I was hoping I was going to have a few minutes to think then. <laughs> um, I think off the top of my head, I'd go Angela Hill, Michelle Watson was awesome. 
<laughs> like the female, that was... the female fighters in 2020. Yeah, oh, that was yeah. incredible. Yeah. Uh, I think what, what really sticks in my mind is like sometimes when you see uh, a female fight, and I think Michelle Watson's really guilty of this, is like they do a lot of work out of range and they just kind of fall into like a points match. Not yeah. all the time, obviously, but a lot of the time. But then when Angela Hill came out the first two rounds, rounds putting real obvious pressure on her, trying to hurt her, Michelle responded. Mm. And that whole um, playing slightly out of range thing went out the window and they mm. both really got after it. What, what a scrap. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. Which we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get into that in just a second. Uh, Danny, what caught your eye? Uh, that Bobby Green and Alan Patrick. I mean, what, what was that Alan Patrick? <laughs> but what was that Alan Patrick all about? I, I've never seen such... Uh, I, I, I don't want to sound critical because it makes me Come sound on, like a, a, a right seamer. But his whole MMA was absolutely appalling. And uh, I don't want to take it away from Bobby Green because I, I really rate him. I thought he was and, very good, actually, Bobby Green. Yeah, but he, uh, technically and strategically, that Alan Patrick was just a disaster. Full of energy, but what a disaster. Yeah. The opening exchange, wasn't it? What the hell was that? Uh, well, yeah. I've <laughs> never seen anyone shoot him for a takedown and just fall off balance to his back. Yeah, it's it's just bizarre. Bizarre. Um, okay. So, yeah. Um, right. Just before we uh, we get into what we'll goes to Bellator first, just so you can both get ready. Um, ben, you got a fight. On the uh, Cage Warriors 115, 25th of September, 730, uh, versus Kingsley Crawford in Featherweight Division. Are you uh, all ready and waiting? Yeah, I'm very, very, very confident and just looking forward, patiently waiting. Um, any uh, any miss? We just talked about uh, Conor McGregor. Obviously, when he was coming up through the UFC, he was known for his Mystic Mac predictions. And uh, can we. St- get a little prediction from you for your fight? Um, I think I'll break him. Um, I think at some point you're going to see him curled up and then I'll finish him with ground and pound. Whether it, whether knock him, pound knock him out in half guard again. Yeah, see so whether it comes from me knocking him down and finishing him with ground and pound or taking mm. him down, I'm not sure, but I do think I'll break him. Just the way. It's a nice little clip for me. <laughs> yeah. I'm, uh, look, I can't wait for the Cage Warriors to... Uh, Cage Warriors trilogy event. I really can't. It's going to be insane. Um, at the end of the show, I'm going to ask you both for a couple of predictions from. I'm not going to go through every fight, but just some of the select, basically the fighters who've been on the channel or the show. Uh, I'm going to just give, ask you for some predictions for those, um, for a handful of the fights. Um, okay. Uh, so we're going to talk about a couple of fights from the Bellator card, uh, which I hand selected. Because there's only so many hours in a day. Um, so first and foremost, Danny, we will go to... I think we'll go to Taylor Johnson versus uh, Ruth, which was, I thought, that was interesting, shall we say? Uh, what did you make of that one, mate? Uh, yeah, I mean, at one point I was looking away um, because of the leg lock. <laughs> what was going on? Um, uh, I, I thought... Because when you put on there to, to look at this one uh, mm-hmm. as an extra, I thought there's obviously something that, that's big to happen. And when I saw his knee bending the way it was, I really thought that you wanted me to watch it because someone's knees bent. How the hell did he not tap in the first place to that knee position? Oh, uh, I, meant, I know. 
I don't. Yeah. I, I know I'm involved in the fight game, and I perhaps shouldn't be sickened by things. And I've seen our bars, um, you know, being put on, and but <laughs> that was making me feel sick. Um, yeah, and I found myself looking away. Uh, really nice finish. Um, the, the escape from the leg lock was crude at best, and um, it eventually got him in trouble, and he got himself submitted. But um, yeah, I mean, a slick submission. You don't, it's you don't see leg locks like that work on the highest level very often because once you've yeah. got some basic concepts, particularly when you're stood and the other guy's trying to engage your legs and they're on the ground, it doesn't take much to floyd the um, the finish and punish with the ground a pound. Um, but yeah, we saw some you know crude attempts at trying to escape. He pulled it off a few times and then of course yeah, about a third attempt in, he got nailed pretty damn quickly. Yeah, you did, yeah. Um, what about you, uh, Ben? What did you make of it? Yeah, likewise. I thought crew the best. I mean, I've only seen them. I've only seen the finish the one time, so I can't remember the exact positioning. But in the like the earliest exchanges of the leg lock, there was definitely no control of the mm. second leg, and he yeah. he seemed really. Um, don't want to say relaxed. His relaxed sounds too complimentary. He seemed just slow and not reacting, which is. Which is weird for someone like Edwards. You'd think a highly accomplished a level wrestler would have been exploding out. Yeah. Mm. Um, and he just was. I thought it was funny because Josh Thompson complimented his leg lock defense. Right. Yeah, no, I thought it was thought it was pretty poor. Against someone who in fairness to him is is a really good fighter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, you know, it would the the leg lock at uh, at certain points looked brutal. I did really yeah. see what oh. you, you know. I can see what you're saying. Um, and he, and he did get him to a leg lock at the end. And what's weird is the one that he submits to. It's a slightly different hold, but I didn't think it looked half as painful as the one which he did. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a. I mean, heel hooks I'm not are horrendous. No, they don't feel good. But yeah, that that knee position was so compromised. I'm I'm really surprised that that there was no like expression on his face of discomfort. Or yeah, it just looked utterly yucky to me. <laughs> just well, uh, I think it's because I've hurt both my knees before. I, I, I've hurt both my knees, and I know what it feels like. And, oh, and when I see that, it, it literally—no, uh, it's actually done through wrestling. But I know, I know what that sensation is when you—you know—you've hurt your knees. And when I see heel hooks go on, I, I just nah. Can't be doing that nah. to you, can you? Oh, that's yeah, heel hooks, those knee positions. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, you, you try and leg lock me. I'm defending it and trying to leg lock yeah. you back. But uh, when I'm watching it like that. That was that wasn't a, even a leg lock position where his knee was being displaced like that. That was just um, you know him not moving the right way mm. while while being set up, and it just made a bit of an unusual contorted position. Um, yeah, it's been many years since I've seen people play a game of Twister, but I witnessed it right there. Well, there we go. So, it, well, and what I do know is that if you ever annoy me on a show, I'll just bring up a nice compilation clip of people's <laughs> knees. Sure, I, you know what? I hope a lot of people have noticed in the last few weeks. You're beginning to pick on me a bit. Because <laughs> you're, you're in Northampton and I'm in Cardiff. Like yeah. You're far enough away. Uh, yeah. dear, dear, dear. Um, next up from my hand-selected Bellator fights was uh, Kat Singano's debut for the promotion. Uh, I found this fascinating because I haven't mm. always thought that she's... Um, I, I don't know. 
I don't know whether I would say I didn't rate her in the UFC or whether I just feel that she didn't show what she could do. Um, because there's clearly something there. You know, she's she's clearly got something to, to get where she is. To, and I've seen glimpses of it. But there's just... I never really felt like in the UFC she, she got hold of it and really showed us what she was capable of. Um, what did you make, Ben, of her Bellator debut? To be honest, yeah, I kind of had the same thoughts of everything you just said. I'm just not that impressed by her in general. Mm. But I, I'm a bit of a stickler for like technique and certain things. So when I watch it, I'm comparing it to Nunez, Shevchenko, Joanna, those type, like literally the cream of the crop. So yeah, I thought she was she was decent, but I, yeah, decent without being superb. I thought um, I thought she did a good job on debut. You could yeah. see she was quite nervous um, coming in at the start. I felt like she was a bit standoffish and a bit, um, which is weird for someone as experienced as her. And that's that's yeah. kind of what I mean. Like, and that's that's part of my problem is with the is like when I said that like she never really showed what she's capable of. I believe that she's a very capable fighter. I believe that she might have the talent to be a title contender in the UFC, but. Like, she's come in, she's won that first round without really, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, she hasn't really gone and taken the fight to her opponent and really grabbed the ball by the horns. And, like, before the fight, I'm thinking, right, if I'm Kat Zingano, I'm coming into Bellator, which is, yes, it's the second biggest promotion in the world, but I think in terms of the standard, generally... You know, but but you know, there's a couple of fighters obviously who would differ, but but generally the standard in the UFC is higher. So I would say if I'm her, I'm thinking I'm going to go in here and I'm going to really stamp my authority from the start of this fight and show everyone that this is now my division and I'm the best fighter. And I just didn't think feel like she did that in the first round. I a lot of wasted movement in there. Yeah, I didn't like. I thought she got better as the fight went on. Um, Holloway recovered a bit in the third round. But I thought the second round, um, Zingano was a bit, a bit better. Um, Danny, what did you make of her debut, mate? Yeah, yeah. I mean, she she done well all round. Um, am I the only one thinking that perhaps she was giving away a lot of weight to her opponent? Do you know what the score was with the weight? Uh, this surely wasn't a normal. While you're talking, I'll have a little. She looked. The opponent looked massive compared to her. I'll have a little gander now. Look really because uh, when she got mounted, uh, it looked like she was never going to get out of it. Mm-hmm. It looked really, really tricky. But she, the other girl just looked huge. What um, What did you think of her performance, like generally, Dan? Yeah, I mean, she good. Come in uh, from UFC and with a big reputation. Yeah, yeah, good. But you know, opponent just made so many mistakes. Um, she was getting taken down really quite easily. Um, you know, I don't want to take away from Cat's performance because overall it was impressive, but. Uh, um, I, I just thought, well, there was an issue with the weight difference, and it was something I, I don't yeah, know what the score is with her, that. I think, uh, sorry to, I think her yeah, opponent missed weight, if I remember correctly. It looks like she did by a fair old bit. No, I think she did. I just clicked in my mind. I remember seeing a tweet saying she was over by like seven pounds or something. Right, <laughs> yeah. But I'm just having a gander. And that's that's considerable when you think of the weight that they should be fighting at. That's yeah. quite. Most notably, Holloway missed 
the £146 limit for a featherweight fight with Zingano by a whopping £4.7. All right, yeah, they're substantial. That's quite, that's a, quite a yeah, the, so that was the first thing I noticed. But um, yeah, Holloway didn't seem the most skillful in the world by by any stretch. Mm. Um, you know, for Sugano, I think that that was a nice, healthy introduction to Bellator to have an opponent like that. Um, she performed fairly good. Um, I mean, well, she's cracking on in years now. Was she about thirty-eight years old? Um, she got to think. Is she, I she, she not? I thought she. You might be right, mate. I don't know. Um, I, I, I want to find it as well, to be honest. Yeah, I don't. I'm going to try and find out her uh, age if I can get. Yeah, she's the same age as. Well, she's a year younger than me, thirty-eight. Yeah, thirty-eight. Yeah, so. Uh, oh, spot on, mate, as usual. Yeah, so we pay you the big bucks for. Right. Yeah. So you got to think. Even when she was in the UFC, you know, you you would consider. You know, you're kind of getting out of your prime. Um, so maybe that's why we didn't see her shine. Because in the past, I've been impressed with her in, in glimpses, but she just wasn't consistent with it. And yeah. Yeah, and that's what I was getting at. It's, like, it's almost like you saw glimpses where you think, why isn't she at the top of that division mm. doing this all the time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's always very, very short glimpses. Or like she'd have like a two-fight win streak and then lose two or three. Yeah, bounce, and he was just very frustrating. So she, yeah, Zingano weighed in at one four five point nine, and Holloway was one five zero point seven. So yeah, right. four point mm. seven. It's a bit of a difference, isn't it? Um, that is. Okay, Ben. I know you watched um, everything this weekend. Was there just before we talked Machida and um, Davis? Was there anything on the Bellator card which caught your eye in terms of the other fights? Oh, including the Saturday? Yeah, just any performances which caught uh, your eye, mate. Um, Juan and them, I forget the other guy's name, something mix, isn't it? That uh, that main event thought that... I thought uh, Juan deserved to win it 3-2 just based on work rate in uh, yeah. rounds 3, 4 and 5. But the other guy in the first two rounds, he was weird, weird as hell, but I thought he was really, really impressive. Like, I can see why. I think he was like 12-0 undefeated as an amateur. Uh, going okay. into that like 13 and I was a pro. And you could see why he's ending up on the back from everywhere. I thought that was really impressive. Cool. But what, um, do you know, think... sorry, but I was going to ask you because I don't know. The Raymond Daniels versus Peter Stanek. Stanek, Stanek. Um, who won that? Uh, I actually don't know the result. Well, obviously, I know why it was stopped, but I don't know what they announced it as. It's okay. the one, um, Raymond Daniels been in. Turning back kick into the nest, didn't he? Oh, is that the one with the double with the, the gro that groin strike? Yeah, yeah, the groin strikes galore this weekend. Oh, that was horrific. But yeah, I don't actually know what they what the um. Oh, I did watch it. Was. I did watch it. It was one with the two groin strikes, wasn't it? Oh, mm. do you know what? I'm not. Uh, I'm not squeamish. It was like watching. It was. It was like I was Danny Batten. And they were having their legs broken because it was horrific. <laughs> yeah, as I was once, but twice, it was brutal. Yeah, as um, a bloke, we all sympathise with that, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna see if I can if I can get a double a double if I can get a clip of that. I'll bring it up now. Um, but yeah, that I'm assuming did it finish by disqualification? Honestly, I have no idea what they what they announced as when that happened. I sort of just left the room and then came back for the next fight. I don't know what it was. Left, I think it must have been the a room, DQ. threw up a bit. Yeah, it must have been a DQ. Oof. Have you seen it, Dan? 
No, yeah, I didn't see that one. That was uh, yeah. You don't do social media, do you? So you, so you didn't. I'm trying. Uh, I've started there. up. I started off the Instagram thing, but I've got to try and get more regular with that. We'll get you on the show's page on Twitter as well. Yeah, yeah I'm trying. Do some, do some question and answers and stuff. Get get you used to it. Coming into the 2020 cent, uh, 2020 uh, world soon enough, mate. Um, okay, let's have a look if we can find this clip. So, yeah, it's uh, interesting. Um, just uh, out of the blue, but uh, Ben, is there like outside of your own fight on that Cage Warriors card? Is there one fight which you look at and you cannot wait to watch? Uh, Mason and Proctor. Yeah, yeah I know it's, it's the main event on the Saturday for a reason. And that is, <laughs> yeah. that, that is a big fight. Um, <laughs> off the top of my head, all all of the featherweight fights. Yeah, because at some point I'm gonna have to beat all of them. Yeah. Um, and then another one that stands out, not not just because he's Welsh, but because I think it's a really good fight is um, Oban Elliott, um, and Michael Biglack, obviously Aaron Khalid as well. But um, obviously Mason's three and Biglack two and I think that's gonna be a really good fight. Um, when you take out the fact that he's Welsh and he's a a, a teammate friend, uh, do you think Mason's going to become the double champ? Uh, I do. Yeah, I think he will. Um, just based on the fact that he's been able to show an ability to shut that shut down range in previous yeah. fights, like the obvious example of that's McColgan. McColgan's a really similar body type to Proctor. I think he's going to do something similar. Yeah, but yeah, I he was so impressive though, mate, when he in March. <laughs> Pardon. He was so impressive in March, Mason was. Um, yeah. Um, you just think if he pulls out a performance like that, you'd expect him to take the victory. Right, yeah. here we go. I found it. Just for you, Dan. Just for you to have a little look at, okay? Can't keep it on for too long because I'll get a copyright strike. But... Oh, it wasn't why it was down, was it? This is the first one. So I'm gonna just turn the sound off it just uh, just to avoid the old uh, copyright strikes. Ready? Oh, oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was the first one. Yeah, that's the first one. That's not a brutal axe kick. You turned the sound off so we didn't hear the nuts crack. <laughs> oh my god! Poor guy. What, though, fair play to him because he gets up from that. And there we go. He gets up from this. Oh, <laughs> oh Jesus Christ. <laughs> I love the way he, he goes, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, it back me, like, through the adrenaline. Like, <laughs> you don't feel as much pain as you do, but if someone hits you in the nuts, it does not matter how much adrenaline you have. <laughs> he's flat out like he's being KO'd. <laughs> so was that this? No, that must have been the second one then, by the looks of it. Is it? Yeah, yeah, I love the way he's apologising. Yeah. yeah, that must have been the second one, right? I'm going to take that off the screen because uh, <laughs> get in trouble otherwise. But yeah, brutal, that is. That's about as brutal a groin strike as you will see ever, anywhere. I don't think I've seen one word uh, that comes to mind anyway. That was, really, yeah, not nice. Um, you get up from that, Dan? Well, yeah, I would. Of course you would. <laughs> no. course Do you know what? The fun, the reason I'm finding it so funny is because uh, last week's training, <laughs> it was a week of getting nut, nut jobbed. And uh, we got a young female fighter called Hayley Valentine. She's a tiny thing, five foot, 
but super fast. And uh, yeah, she she just she dropped all the guys with nut kicks. We began to think she was doing it on purpose. <laughs> and seeing these poor young lads, <laughs> seeing these poor young lads, it just kills me. Sorry. Oh dear. It just hits my tickle spot. Yeah, it's one of those things, though, mate, isn't it? It just takes you down. Um, oh, it's just dear. no getting away from it. Right. Mm. Uh, so, I really wanted to watch um, the prelims of this card because there was two fights which really introduced, uh, interested me on this UFC card. So, I really wanted to watch Sajira Eubanks defeat defeated Julia Avelia via Yundanov's decision. I really wanted to watch that. But I also wanted to watch... Alexander Romanov, who defeated uh, Roque Martinez via submission with an arm triangle. Really wanted to watch both those fights, and I just wasn't able, I just didn't have the time to watch them. Um, Danny, did you watch it? I don't think you watched any of the no, I, no, I mean, I was, I was speaking to you earlier, wasn't I? Um, yeah. So I've been on the road since 6am this morning. I've really, I've not, wow, yeah. Um, and out of all the days you asked me to look at extra ones, they had to be today. Uh, but, um, no, that's all right. We'll, we're going to focus on the main card. But um, do you, have you watched the prelims on the UFC card, Ben? I didn't see the Eubank fight, but I saw the rest of them. What was the Romanoff-Martinez uh, like? Because I'm yeah, really it was, looking it was forward to it. It was a good fight. Um, not Martinez, the other guy. I can't say his name. He, he's impressive. He can move a bit for a heavyweight. Mm. Um he come out looking loose in his grapple and was heavy and obviously the arm triangle finish was it was tight in all fairness to him. I think he's gonna be a problem. Yeah, it's uh, they both look like uh Eubanks and Romanoff both look like uh, decent prospects. Um so Jaira Eubanks won by unanimous decision versus uh Julia Villa. And I think um that was a big test for her just to see how she coped with someone because Julia Avilia has got some decent all-round skills, so it was a test, um, and she won unanimous decision, 29-27, 29-27, 29-27. Right, let's get on to the main card. So uh, first up, we have Billy Quarantilio defeated Kyle Nelson versus a second round TKO. Uh, a, so I know it wasn't, it was seven seconds into the third round, wasn't it? I thought it was the second. It might be wrong. Yeah, I, I've got my notes. I've got I've got it written down as second round TKO, second... and then in brackets. Was it not third? third? I thought. Round. I think it's right. third. I think it was oh, third. Yeah, right. I'll, 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 the end I'll of the second, yeah. Quarantino had him hurt badly, and he yeah. stopped him dead early in the third. You are right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't read my own notes. So, uh, Danny, what did you make of this one anyway, mate? Yeah, I mean, at, at the start. Nielsen was really impressive. Me, he looks a physically strong guy. He certainly looks stronger than uh, Quarantillo. But Quarantillo's cardio was just second to none, and um, he really pushed in the face of Nelson. Oh. And you see, towards the end of that first round, Nielsen wasn't wasn't liking that pace and that pressure. Um, it did have me a little worried that Quarantillo was gonna gonna get landed on hard by that stronger looking dude. But um, after a while, he started pushing that energy out of Nielsen and, and Nielsen started looking more and more vulnerable and looking less and less likely that he was going to get any kind of meaningful counter and um, it was great pressure really good pressure um, yeah I'm impressed with this guy I mean cardio for days he really pushed a hard pace and that was that absolute right strategy to do uh, against someone like Nielsen Danny, yeah, did, you, uh, did you think it was yeah. um, 
did you think it was Quarantino's cardio or a lack of composure on um, the other guy's part? Um, I, I just think the guy, was, they've got different physicalities. You know, one of them fights hard and he's physically strong in, in Nielsen. Um, and to me, Quarantino is he's not, not so muscly massed and he fights much more relaxed. He, he likes to really push close to your face and, and Nielsen weren't wanting that. I just think Quarantino had that tougher mentality he had the yeah. cardio, and in combination, it just got too much for, for Nielsen. Um, yeah, that's sort of like how I saw it. Yeah, because when I was watching it um, the first time, I couldn't I couldn't work out whether Nielsen was gassing or whether it was just a lack of composure, because he really was swinging, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, been, not he had wild, like, in a bad way, just yeah. maybe a little bit over the top. But you know, is you got your training partners that they sort of they spar stiff and hard. You get the hard stylist and your soft stylist, and mm-hmm. Nielsen's that hard type stylist. And the, the thing to do with those people is to push push that pace on them, and yeah. you've got to try and squeeze that energy out of them. And Quintero did exactly that. He just didn't let up on him. He just didn't no. give him space. I mean, it comes with its risks because someone like Nielsen's, you know, is strong. He can lump you up and and. and you can put the squeeze on you in certain positions if uh, if allowed, but Quintilo just he drove out with through pressure, any energy, and um, made him a sitting duck. And I just felt like Nielsen's nerve, you know, fight on fight, war on war, he had less of it. It just looked like he didn't want it as much as Quintilo. Quintilo was willing to be in the pocket, willing to push back, um, no matter what was coming back at him. And Nielsen didn't look like he wanted it as much. He began to foul. I think the pressure got to him. Yeah. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, I, I like what you said there, Ben, or what you asked at least um, of Danny, because he was what he was swinging, um, not wildly, but like he was coming out swinging and it was difficult to tell whether he was, uh, you know, uh, whether he was gassed. But it was, I enjoyed the fight, I gotta say. I thought it was a really yeah, enjoyable it was a brilliant fight to watch, wasn't it? it really and was. I like, um, I, I, there's something about um, Quarantio. I like, I don't, I can't, don't know what it is, but there's just something there which um, I like. It was quite a brutal finish, you know, the way he walked off, and mm-hmm. you know, yeah, I find everyone, it loves, everyone loves a walk off KO, don't they? But mm. 100%. yeah, I, find, I, I find thought his performance really up to that though was good as well. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't just a case of uh, he knocked him out. He knocked him out and walked off. He looked great. I thought up until then he did very well and he showed good skills. And that just was like the icing on the cake. Did you, yeah. did you agree with so, that? Yeah. What was you going to say, Ben? I'm kind of curious what you was. Oh, I'm, I find it interesting that when people have that style, even if it's not quite as as like hard as what um, Nielsen was, like someone like McGregor who relies on power. That like that mm. seven slash eight minute mark seems to be where they break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I thought that's when he really started showing like clear fatigue. Yeah, it always, absolutely. It always seems to be that that time frame, and I can't really figure out why. Because I feel like yeah, in theory we should all be able to go for longer, but I can't really think of an example of someone who relies on mm-hmm. power and doesn't start to need a break at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you got to make these guys. You got to make these guys sort of like run longer or sprint longer. You got to mm. push in on them. And um, and then they begin to falter. Um, come on, yeah. Conor McGregor, he looks like a killer until he starts getting tired. And then suddenly he looks really vulnerable. And yeah. he suddenly he's looking like a quitted type fighter. But he's got all the provider why he's got the energy to talk and why he's got the energy to, to throw down his punches and kicks full bore. 
but he always looks super vulnerable as soon as he starts to gas and that kind of happened with Nilsson you know he just yeah. didn't have the fighting spirit you look at someone like um, Nate Diaz or Nick Diaz as a good example especially as Nate's been his opponent on more than one occasion um, this guy you know, even if he was to get tired he ain't he's still going to come forward on you you know, yeah. uh, and that, you know that guy's that that's toughness for you. I mean, not to say that being tough wins your fights. Nate's lost a lot of fights over the years, but um, you know that's a, a classic example of different mentalities in there. Um, yeah, uh, and it, that um, yeah styles, sorry, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the um, towards the end of the fight, just before he does knock him out, like Nelson's done. Like he, yeah. there's one point he falls over where he's kind of yeah. chasing him right at the end of the second round, like yeah. uh, Quarantino's walking him down, and uh, Nelson wants none of it. He's kind of mm-hmm. backing away, backing away, and he kind of loses his foot in and falls over. And like he gets up at the end of the round, he looks like he's full of bravado. To mm. use a word you just used there, he he kind of marches back to his corner and whatnot. But I thought he looked done. Um, yeah, been caught with a couple of elbows in the clinch just before, but yeah. when he when he did fall, like he stumbled, it wasn't really from a shot. It was more. It looked like exhaustion, um, mm. which we've seen a lot recently, Dan. Over the last couple of weeks, mate, didn't we? There was that female fighter, which I Agapova, who just looked yeah, that's right, shot after the first round. Mm. She just hit herself all out, didn't she? After that first round, there was another one last week then, where. They're almost not pacing themselves, maybe. I don't mm-hmm. know what it is. But, like, he didn't... Oh, that shot again. Just I just watched it again. It's a, it's a good little shot to finish the fight, i got to say. Um, okay. Uh, so, next up, we're going to look at... Um, sorry, sorry. That's where I look. So, next up, we're going to look at Machida versus Davis from Bellator, because I missed that out. And then I'll edit it back in. To the right place, as it were. Uh, so yeah, Phil Davis versus Machida. Um, it was a good little fight. Their second fight uh, went the went the distance with Davis picking up the decision via split decision. 29-28-29-28-29-28. What uh, what did you make of this one, Danny? And did you agree with the decision of the judges? Uh, I didn't think it was a. It should have been a split decision. To me, Phil Davis did enough uh, to win it conclusively. And it's funny, you know, you got Machida, who's sort of like he lays and prays. He he sort of like faints, and he he, he can really make the pace not fast. You know, it, yeah. it, it's like a quick draw. It's like they're, you know, it's, it's who's going to draw first. And Phil Davis is not someone who puts the grind either. Phil Davis can be a little bit lazy at times. You know, he, he always if he wins, he does just enough to win. So, you know. For me, it's a little frustrating to watch. I think they could have thrown down a whole lot more. And you know what? As a strategy, um, I would have been saying to Phil Davis to, to push with the strikes, to shoot in a little bit, even if it weren't to succeed with the takedown. And I would have been pushing that 42-year-old and I would have made him one of Feely's years. Um, but he just, again, he just always just does enough. I just feel like Phil Davis always holds back, always holds back. Really frustrating. I think he's an absolute talented fighter. I just think he just doesn't have that workhorse mentality when he's got all the physicality to do so. Just doesn't have the mentality. But it's weird, isn't it? Because um, he has the ability. Mm. But he just. He, but then also, 
we say that he always wins or he, he, he does it mostly wins generally wins mm. um he, like you say he just does enough to you know to take the fights what did you make of uh Machida and uh, what's his name? Uh, Phil Davis. Davis. Yeah. Yeah. Um, likewise, I thought it was a pretty clear decision for Davis. Um, I struggle with Machida in general just because I feel like he's he's too happy to be in these close fights where I can go one way or another. I know mm. he's a lot older now, but I feel like if you're signing a contract, you got to sign it with the intention of doing everything you can to win. And I don't think he does that anymore. Like, he's quite happy to get into an exchange. Whereas yeah. tit for tat, and if it's, say, 60-40 in favour of the other guy, he he won't put it on the line and risk getting hurt. He'll just sort of dust off mm. and then go again in a couple of months. But like I say, Phil Davis, yeah. I, I, watch, um, I watch a lot of Phil Davis because um, he was really successful folk-style wrestling in college. Yeah. So a lot of my writing game is based on some of the stuff that he does. Okay. But when it comes to watching him fight in general rather than snippets of his of his um of his wrestling rides i struggle with him because like you said danny just doesn't seem to have a workhorse mentality mm. um and i can't understand why i mean he ended up um he ended up um on top of machido i think at the end of the second because he caught a kick or something like that something happened where he ended up on top and he showed all the ability in the world to ride Machida. And I'm like, why are you not even trying to take him down? Mm. Like, you can make this fight very, very clear who's winning. Mm. But you're not even willing to try. The only reason I can think of is because he's worried. Let's say, I don't know, let's say he goes uh, eight takedown attempts and he gets two. He doesn't want to work that hard. And I can't really think why. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it baffles me a little bit. Um, yeah. Yeah, I gotta say, I when I I don't when I see Machida's got a fight coming up, I don't think, oh yes, Machida's got a fight coming up anymore. Yeah, um, it's not really doing it for me. I gotta be honest. Mm. But you know, I still cover it and still talk about it. I still watch it, but he's not one where I get excited before the fight anymore. Yeah. Um, I want to see more from Phil Davis. I want to see really what he can do um if he pushes himself like what's his ceiling do you know what i mean like like um if he got really went like hell for leather and tried to finish fights like this which he's more than capable of doing like what's his ceiling how far can he take it you know could he get a, could he get right up there and get some title fight or whatever maybe uh, get that belt and Unfortunately know. for him, I think it's something that you're born with. Like you're either born with like that intensity to work, or you're not. It's not something that you can put into someone, yeah, in, like, in their adult life. Yeah, for sure. And I think the older you get, as well, it gets the it's harder to change um, yeah. a mentality or, or or improve a mentality, whatever you want yeah. to say. Has um, he has he always been this way? Because I I haven't I've only watched him in his later career. I can't remember what he was like in the early days. Has he always been a bit lazy? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he's he's never ever been the one to drive the pace, never one to take take the lead, so to speak. Yeah, but he's always been, you know, genetically or clearly gifted physically. Um, got all the abilities in the world. Yeah, he just he just chooses to win easy, if you will. But win easy as in, you know, conserving the energy. Not win easy as in trying to put the fight away. He plays safe. I suppose you would say, but again, this yeah. comes down to mentality and and different minds. Um, 
you know, put someone with a much more aggressive attitude in that body, I think he would have had so much more of a bigger impact in the MMA world. Yeah, I think I'd forgive him a lot more as well if some of his victories were controversial. Yeah. yeah. Like say, there was times when even when he got the win, like that first Machida fight, wasn't it? There was a lot of controversy about who won. Yeah. Yeah, like you look at someone like Mayweather who fought very conservative, but there was never any real question about who won. Of course, yeah. So, yeah. yeah, it's hard to knock him. It's like, well, if you can clearly win while doing that, then yeah, it's good for you. Exactly, yeah. Um, it's a good way someone else. That point. Sure. 100%. And um, one bit of news which we did miss uh, is the return of the GOAT to MMA. And that ah. is Artem Lobov is back in mixed martial arts. Uh, he is fighting in Arena Fight Championship versus uh, Yields D-Ron. Uh, obviously, he re- I don't know if he retired from uh, MMA, but he, he went over to Bare Knuckle Boxing and had a big fight over there. And he seems to be back. Um, very, very quickly, uh, is anyone surprised that he didn't go back to the UFC? Or Bellator, and he's gone to Arena Fight Championship. No offense to them whatsoever, but he's got a bit of a name, haven't he? Artem Lobov, uh, Danny. Yeah, he's got a bit of a name, but I don't think he's, he's you know a, a top fight win streak, man. Uh, three fight losing streak, man. Yeah, I don't think he's a, a top tier MMA guy no. these days with the climate. Yeah, um, yeah I've met I the guy. He's, he ever was, he's actually to be not very big at the weight either. He's quite a small guy, but. Um, when I met him and that and shook hands with him, his hands are just messed up. I don't know whether it's from all the bare knuckle, but his hands were well messed up. So, uh, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, the guy's plenty tough. I just don't oh, think yeah. he's the most skillful guy in the world. And I think with the kind of talent that's out there now, I think he would sh- struggle in the UFC. So I, I just think if he wants to continue any kind of success in his MMA career, I think going to another promotion is probably the best thing for him, to be honest. Yeah, in all honesty, I thought the bare knuckle boxing would. Uh, I thought that might suit him. To be honest, I thought he yeah. might do quite well out of it. I thought he oh, was, uh, he's tough he as nails, because like, he is like yeah. so tough as nails. Um, ben, you Artem Artem Lobo, Lobov fan? Um, I honestly don't know. I've I've met him as well. One of the Dublin shows seems like a really nice guy. Mm. Um, yeah, I I got I um I developed a lot of respect for him when he had some of his ground exchanges with Ryan Hall. Mm. Like Ryan all at his back for a prolonged period of time and couldn't tap him. Mm-hmm. So I think that shows the level of at least the fence that he's got when it comes to grappling. Mm. Um, but yeah, he's, I mean, in terms of if he wants to have success, he, he's not going to have it in the UFC. I think mm. most of the good guys beat him. He might he might do okay against some of them. But mm. um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully it's a decent contract and they're paying him all right because he does. He seems like a good guy. Yeah, absolutely. Indeed. Um, okay, so back to the the UFC card. We had uh, we talked about Billy Quarantino. So um, the fight which you mentioned, uh, Danny, a bit earlier on, Alan Patrick versus Bobby Green. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me all about who's, this. Who's going Joe. first? Uh, go on, Ben. I tell you what. Well, we'll as the guest, you can uh, do the honors and kick us off. Alan Patrick, <laughs> Bobby Green. Take me um, through this opening exchange. Well, basically, Patrick ran out. He had some sort of body lock. 
and it looked as if like he almost went I thought I won't, I won't say what he tried to do because I've only watched it the one time and I can't really remember but the only way you could describe it is he flopped he flopped on his back <laughs> Um, like a fish. Yeah, Bobby landed on top of him, and then basically took control from from then on out. Um, and I mean, credit to Bobby Green as well. I didn't, I didn't used to be a massive fan of it. It's just because, like, similar to what we were saying about Kat Singano, like he's definitely a good fighter, definitely UFC caliber. But just something there wasn't really there for me. But in his last couple of fights, he's significantly better. Mm. Um, yeah, I was happy for him. Was, yeah, I thought he thought he fought well. Yeah, what did you make of this, Dan? Alan Patrick yeah. from Brazil. Yeah, Alan Patrick mean, just looks mean when he's waiting yeah, for that buzzer to go off, and then something again. Yeah, he's not a man that's the youngest anymore, but um, looked in good shape. He had lots of energy about him, but didn't have a great a lot of technical ability and had horrendous strategical. I don't think there's any strategy there other than just a. To go in full ball um but they, they can end up being quite especially when they're fit and game and he definitely was fit and game that's one thing you can say about patrick so you know bobby green he couldn't just relax but uh bobby looks really impressive in there he looks, looks sharp he's making well, he's he? making good decisions and i think sometimes that's why he's not looked perhaps as outstanding in the past is because he sometimes just makes bad choices mm. um and you just get fleeting you know, appearances of good performances is a little inconsistent. But of late, he's been doing really well. It's like he's getting his game together. Um, but yeah, I just wasn't impressed with his opposition. I, I, I really wasn't. It was slopsadaisical, full of energy. I get that. Slopsadaisical, that's a word enough. Yeah, uh, the, these are from way back. I, I'm proving that I am a lot older than you by saying things like that. Yeah, it was such a weird start to the fight, mate. Um, oh, man, bizarre. I thought Bobby Green looked so... Um, he just looked... Sharp. Yeah, he sharp. sharp. He looked intense. Everything just looked like it was at peak, ready for a fight. Yeah. Whilst Alan Patrick maybe did not. Um, mm. And it wasn't just that weird start, i got to say. I just thought throughout the fight, um, it was... Unimpressive from uh, Patrick. Did you feel, or do you feel, that Bobby Green would be di disappointed to not get a finish, Ben? Um, maybe a little bit, but in his defence, he hit, he hit Patrick with some clean shots. Mm. Um, like he really did. He was pinging his head all over the place. Um, so I don't know. I think as a fighter, you're generally going to be really disappointed not to finish someone. Yeah. But when it's that clear who the better fighter is and how dominant it was, in like in every area as well, I don't feel like Patrick can go over that footage and say that he had the better in any area. So I think if ever there's a fight where you're not going to get the finish but be okay with it, it's probably that. Okay. Sounds good to me. Yeah. Uh, anything else to add on that fight, Dan? Uh, not really. I, mean, I just don't want to sound like I'm being, you know, critical all the time. But I'm just trying to be honest and uh, honest opinions, mate. Yeah, I just, uh, yeah, I, I was, I wasn't impressed. But you know, it seems like I'm talking always about, you know, Patrick and how bad a performance at the end of the day. Bobby Green done real good. You know, we said time and time again before that. You know, you can only fight what's in front of you. Yeah, um, and uh, overall, he, he did really good. Um, he was trying to finish it. He was trying to end it. Uh, but 
you know, he, he couldn't find a way to do that, but he certainly found a way to look dominant throughout the match. And yeah, you can always bit commend him on that. What did you guys think of him dropping his hands like he did towards the end, where he literally it was he was walking towards him with his hands down by his waist? I wasn't sure what to think of it. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. That's yeah. I don't know whether he was trying to like get um get Patrick to throw so we counter him or what, but I feel like I don't know if it shows frustration or what, but I don't know. I'm not I'm I think when you're in there you should be one hundred percent on all the time. And if you're walking yeah. like that, you're probably not. I, I think he was just frustrated that he couldn't put it away. And I think it was just a way of just saying, uh, you know, just try and say, look, you know, my level is way superior to you. And I think he's a little bit frustrated. Um, uh, yeah, I think he was yeah. trying to go go in a little bit, maybe. Yeah. Because, because um, I think it was clear that Patrick was losing and he was coming towards the end of the fight. Maybe he was looking for Patrick to, you know, to flow, throw some in a bit loose or a bit flashy and and mm. maybe counter him um but you're right you've got to be switched on at all times mm. so i mean uh, like to his credit bobby green was still slipping pretty much mm. everything yeah so he wasn't getting punished for it but i'm just like you do that against the wrong bloke at the wrong time and you're on your ass oh yeah yeah you're absolutely right yeah i, I totally agree i think you should be switched on at, at all times i don't think um unless there's a strategy to be played in dropping your hands which in rare occasions i suppose could be a good strategy i guess um but yeah it, it's it, it it's can risky one, isn't get it? You, yeah it's just not good etiquette if you will yeah i get i don't know i think i could see see a, a like an argument for it maybe like if he's the problem is it, as we've discussed many times dan is um you know it, it's fighting anyone can win at mm. any point until that fight's over, and just because you're winning three, you know, clearly you've won all three rounds up to then, or two and a half rounds up to then, you could still drop your hands, try whether it's a bit of cockiness or you're trying to goad him into making a mistake, you could still get caught and you could still lose that fight. So to me, yep. dropping the hands is a needless risk. Yeah, yeah. When you're I mean... winning two and a half rounds. Yeah, you're, you're two and a half rounds up, but it's a needless risk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was perhaps unnecessary, but I think it was just a sign of his frustration. And the the, the pace was on all the time. I mean, he never let you know Bobby Green be able to relax. He just kept coming at him. Um, so there must have been an element of fatigue too. But I don't think that was the reason why he dropped his guard. I just think he's generally frustrated, and it, it was almost like, yeah, trying to say to Patrick, look, you know, you're you're no bother to me. Um, hope to draw him in to try and land that shot. I think Bobby Green, look, he wanted to strike him. I think had, had he kept him out of range or been able to, he, he would have been he would have been lumping him up and it wouldn't have gone to the three rounds, I don't think. But uh, yeah, that, the only good thing that Patrick done was push the pace and push the pace hard. And he did take some good shots and he just kept coming. It weren't like he was perturbed. But um, it was just a messy performance. Yeah, indeed. Uh, next up was Ed Herman versus Mike Rodriguez. Mm. Uh, so this one went uh, to just inside the third round with Ed Herman defeating Mike Rodriguez via a Kimura. However, uh, Dana, Dana White had some things to say to the referee, which I will discuss in just a second. Uh, ben, what did you make of this one, mate? Um the main thing I took from it, like I said, I'm so sad. Like, when I watch fights, I'm not so much watching the fight to see the outcome. I'm watching it. So what can I take from it? 
Like, mm. uh, Ed Herman's got, like, a really, um, apparently he's got a really extensive Greco background, Greco-Roman wrestling background. Yeah. Um, and he just saw the other guy shut that down with elbows. Yeah. Like, something that Leon Edwards does as well, like he said, about he waits for people to pummel the underhook, cracks the elbow over the top. And I thought it was just an absolute clinic of that. Mm. Um, which is the main thing I took from it. I thought that, yeah, it's a, it's a shame that the controversy's there. I think Ed Herman's going to live to regret that a little bit because it was so clearly not low. Um, yeah. I don't normally listen to the post-fight interviews because I, I don't massively care. Um, yeah. But I listened to that one to see what he was going to say and he didn't know what to say. I mean, I'm sure he's a top bloke. Mm. So take nothing away from him. And if, if you're hurt, you're going to be a veteran and do what you've got to do to get the win. But mm. if it's possible to win and not win, I think it's probably that. But the Kimura mine was bloody beautiful in fairness to him. Mm. Mm. Like in terms of being clean technique, I mean, he had his arm touching the back of his head. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was another cringe moment for me. I was like, oh, wow, something's just going to explode here. Yeah, I thought but, his arm was going, especially when he said Yeah. Yeah. Do we know if he's injured or not? Is he is he okay? Oh, I, I, would have, I think he must be. Got to be, surely. Uh, yeah, no, surely. And he's pretty muscled as well. So, you know, to be contorted like that, it's got to rip. Sort of. If it weren't the joint itself, it's got to torn muscles, surely, or ligaments. Yeah. I don't know. It, it, it was horrendous to watch. But um, Ed Herman, to me, looked, he, he looked really kind of washed up. Uh, he looked a little lost in there. Um, and Rodriguez, he looked really good right, right until the end. And yeah, what a shame how it all happened. Um, yeah, I, I would be embarrassed to, to win in that way. Well, for one, I would if I knew I didn't take a dick shot, I would, certainly wouldn't be acting, acting like I did. Because, you know, it's th- for, for all to see that it wasn't the cameras everywhere uh, I've been, now these days. I'd be embarrassed. I'd just be embarrassed. I couldn't do it. For, for one, I'm not in, to, in the, I was never in the game to cheat. Um, but to me, that's just practically cheating to me. It's just, yeah. I, um, so uh. we have this discussion every now and again on the football show where it's something happened or whatever. Um, and we, 7.30 every Monday, by the way. Um, and uh, we do, like we discussed that there's cameras everywhere these days, not just with the, like the cameras, uh, with the TV, they are literally everywhere because they want all angles in fights. They want everything. They want every single angle. And I think in the current climate with COVID and everything, there's even more focus and cameras and people watching because there's no one in the crowd. So every bit of focus is on those fighters. Mm. So you just, to do something like that, it's just, it's ridiculous, mate. Um, Mm. So... Uh, Mike, Mike Rodriguez uh, need Ed Herman in the liver. The effect was such that after another shot to the body, uh, Ed Herman dropped to the ground and appeared unable to defend himself. The finish was seconds away at most. However, baffing, baffing, can't speak, baffing, <laughs> baffingly, I can't, why can't baffingly. I say that word? That's why, why couldn't I say that word? I've said that a million times. Uh, referee Chris Tagoni assumed that there was there had been a low blow and stopped the action uh yeah i actually think it was that first knee that dropped it i know the second one touched in but i reckon it was a delayed response i think it was a delay yeah because sometimes that that winded feeling it kind of creeps up on you it sometimes it's instant but that that liver shot that's kind of like a delayed um, and i think that 
I think he stopped breathing with that first one. And uh, that, that holding of the breath just killed him over one, by the time that second one touched in. But um, I don't know. But at the end of the day, look, it weren't, weren't a nut shot. It was treated as one. And Herman played up to it as if it was one. Yeah, and he's got to I was say a bit disappointed in that. that he wasn't a great Yeah, shot. yeah. Um, uh, I feel sorry for yeah. I feel sorry for Rodriguez. I really do, because he up until that point he was performing uh, utterly amazingly. He really was, and uh, okay, so he, he got submitted, but you know, it really shouldn't have been the case. I think it's it, he pretty much stopped the guy. To me, in my mind, when I think of Rodriguez and Edmund, uh, yeah, Edmund. To me, Rodriguez is the winner. Um, um, just weird circumstances say he's not. Like to be clear, Ben. You know, the referee has made an honest mistake, haven't he? But the Herman, his reaction is not honest. Like, no, or is it no. a mistake? No, I think you know it because he acknowledged he was hurt. And mm. he said, he, 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 um, he phrased it weirdly. He said, oh, I was hurt uh, to the body or the net. I'm, like, I'm not really sure I'd have to watch the replay. Uh, no, I mean, mm. you, know, you know where you're hurt. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, it's just bad, isn't it? It's, um, so I just want to read. I like like reading Dana White's quotes every now and again. <laughs> does, does drop some great ones, uh, and this is pretty good. So he says, uh, "It's hard not to bang on this guy. The worst I've ever seen," said White. Um, he's fucking Steve Mazzagati level, some Mazzagati level <laughs> shit right there. There was one that was one of the worst things I've ever seen. That kid wins by knockout, technical decision. And then loses the fight. It's one of the worst <laughs> things I've ever fucking seen. Disgusting. And then yeah. he starts going on about the athletic commission replays, mm. um, you know, all sorts of different stuff. Um, and that, I mean, it does open up that conversation for UFC have the ability to, to use instant replay. I think that should be bought in. They can only mm. use it in certain circumstances, which to me is just baffling that you can only use it in certain like it's got to be a certain circumstance and if you mm. use it the fight's over i don't agree with that yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree limitations in there. it makes no sense mm. like just have it there so that in this situation they could have gone to a straightaway looked right no the fight can continue or yeah. whatever but mm. to not be able to use it in this day and age is pathetic isn't it? and like yeah, yeah. Let's let's be clear. Like the fight game is about titles and money, basically. Like you want to win fights to get to the top of your division, and you want to go as high as you can. Losses cost you money, and they cost you momentum on your journey to get up the rankings. Mm. So not only has he lost the fight, he would have won the fight with a finish. Like that's cost him money. Now. Yeah. You know, he's not Conor McGregor or he's not John Jones. So he's, I'm imagining, you know, I don't know him, but I imagine he's not living the life of Riley. He's not rolling in money. He's still working his way up, you know, up the rankings. Yeah. So this has cost him not just a win in the cage and for his record. This has cost him money. This has cost him a lot, in my opinion. Yeah. Whereas Herman... It's kind of, I don't know. It makes me yeah. frustrated. Another um, example is um is eye pucks. Why not have? Yeah. Like, I don't even know what's called. Call them like a TMO. 
somebody yeah. watching the fight on record, like the the example that springs to mind is DC and Stipe. So yeah, yeah, yeah. He hasn't seen something. Straight away, little earpiece. Mark, just so you know, that was an eye, pick, uh, eye poke. All right, mate, cool. Yeah, absolutely. Five minutes, job done. Not yeah. difficult, is it? I is agree. It works in reverse as well. When um, somebody thinks they've been poked, the ref hasn't seen it. And then the guy's in his ear on a microphone. It's like, yes, it was a poke or no, it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. It, would, it wouldn't take long as Six well with regards to that competition. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm in full agreement with that. Well, I just don't understand why they can't have some uh, consensual approach to it. Mm. It just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. yeah and it's, it's, un- it's unfair on the refs. And I mean, to make a call in the heat of the moment like that is tough. Yeah. Tough, tough yeah. job. Like, and it's acknowledged as a tough job as well. Why not try and make it a little bit easier? Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do agree. I feel like the refs made a howler there, though. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. As much as I don't, I don't like to slate the refs too much because I think it's a tremendously difficult job. Like, there's no defend, there's not much you can defend him other than to say, you know. Yeah, but there, there was there, to us to say there's two people at fault. Okay, the ref made a mistake. We know that can happen. I, I really think you know the ref didn't call a nut shot um, because. He thought it wasn't one. He really thought there was one. He perhaps didn't have angle. So I get it on the side of the ref. But it also took Ed Ehrman to play up to it as well. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. so, yeah, there's two like things from, at fault. From, like, a morals or, like, an honour perspective, like, I 100% agree. But with there being the win bonus, like, I don't know what Ed Ehrman's family situation is. Mm, but yeah. like, it's not just a case of, like, oh, like, would he put his morals aside to have, like, say, mm. an extra 40 grand win bonus that he might be able to spend on his kids or something, you know? Like, that's of course, the, yeah, yeah, that's where yeah, I you don't know. Is, um... Yeah, we can, we, we can only surmise what goes through someone's mind. You don't know, yeah, maybe his financial situation yeah. is of such oh, yeah. where he just needed that win, you just don't know. But, but the, you know, tell, but you know, going back to Ben, you said about his interview afterwards, like he said, like he phrased it weird and stuff, and he said, he basically said, I, oh, I don't know. If I got hit in the groin, I think was the gist. Yeah, it's a bit disingenuous. If you watch his uh, his reaction when the when he gets the victory, he's very very kind of like he knows like yeah, and he he knows he's going to get some slate in, doesn't he? He knows that yeah. he's about to have to face a load of questions about it. Um, the Kamura yeah. is nasty, by the way. It's really, it is really yeah. nasty. He's amazed if he hasn't. Uh, Got some sort of I, I really hope he's break. okay because he, he fought brilliantly, and I, I haven't heard whether he's made any comments about what's happened. But uh, I just hope he recovers from it. And you know, he was good. He's an awkward southpaw. Looks sharp. Those knees look devastating, um, and has showed some really good anti wrestling. Because Ed Herman's a good, good Greco Roman guy. You know that that whole fight camp is good at doing that sort of thing. And uh, well, what, what Rodrigo stopped it. Uh, uh, it was a, the original. Oh, what do they call it? Was it Questium? The original, the original guys that were all wrestling. And was it uh, Quest? Yeah, you. Oh, because sure. you know, um, he's been around for a long time. So Mike, yeah. Mike Rodriguez's manager uh, said that he's going to appeal the decision to the Nevada Athletic. Absolutely, Commission. yeah. Um, Basically saying, you know, he's going to appear. But then, that doesn't that only just get... It just doesn't get overturned. It'll just get turned to a no contest, won't it? But still a, a loss removed from his record, though. I think they've already paid him the win bonus as well, haven't they? 
Oh, really? I, oh, I, I, I don't know like why. I've got like so. a vague recollection of seeing something where they paid him his win bonus. Yeah. Yeah, I'd like to. That's the right thing to do, isn't it? You know? Yeah. Um, because, you know, how, as, as, as uh, an ex fighter and a current fighter and a coach, Dan, like, was he. Was that fight over if the referee hasn't stopped it for the nut shot? Do you think will we see in the end of it? Well, yeah, that was. I mean, he, he killed over. That was done. That was that was. It was like two strikes away. Do you think that was two strikes of ground and pound away from having any of ref jump in between them? He went down holding his stomach. <laughs> he, yeah, he, he was done. And Ed, uh, Ed Irma just didn't look look himself as well. He's normally a bit of a grinder, but. Um, he was looking a little washed out. He's looking a little bit lost in there, and um, yeah, he, he took a couple of deep breaths. He didn't look. He didn't fight with enthusiasm. He didn't actually look like he wanted to be in there. Is to be honest, Herman or yeah. Rodriguez, Herman, Herman. Herman. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I thought he was. Do you agree with that? That it was over if he had the ref hasn't stopped it, uh, Ben? Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, the fight was done. Yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. We spent far too much time on that. Uh, yeah, I, I, even now, I, it's infuriating me. Let's move on to the ladies. Uh, so, first of all, or next up, we had, uh, what's their names? Roxanne Modafferi, who's ranked number seven, versus number nine ranked Andrea Lee. Um, we have been treated to some absolute bangers from the women in 2020, Danny. Yeah. Uh, this was the start of two very good fights, I thought. Yeah, yeah, it was really good. Mother Ferry was looking better with the wrestling exchanges. Um, she always looks a slightly un uncouth on the feet. She's not light on her feet. She looks a little bit uncoordinated, um, but she's effective. And um, it looked like she was stronger than Lee and was able to, I don't want to say manhandle her, but I don't know what to say. She was bossing her about a bit in there and, and looking really good. But um, Lee started really getting her groove in that mm. second round. Once she you know, got a striking going, um, she started to score up and rack up the points. But uh, yeah, it, it looked like it was too little too late. I, I was really unsure how the judges were going to score it at the end. And I wouldn't have been surprised if it scored the other way. But um, I just think Modifere's, you know, wrestling and time of control was what edged the judges to give the decision to her. But, uh, yeah, but like I said, I stand by what I say. Look, she, she just looks a little bit uncoordinated to me. She's not a natural-looking striker. She kind of looks a bit like Clay Weeder on the feet a little <laughs> bit, but perhaps not quite so energetic. Um, you know, Clay Weeder's not a, a nice-looking striker, but he's got so much energy about him. He can kind of be effective to get the wrestling in and so on and so forth, and it's kind of like what she was doing, really. Um, but, yeah, she did look a little vulnerable, though. Uh, when Lee was landing and getting a rhythm, um, she started looking a little bit vulnerable on the feet, but Lee didn't look like she had that, that final little bit of pap on her shots. She just wasn't able to hurt Madaferi. And um, yeah, she she looked like she was always fighting with fatigue the whole time as well. But that might have been Madaferi's style, you know, that smothering style taking the, her energy away from her. Um, but yeah, good, you know, good fight to watch overall. Um, well done to Madaferi. You know, she's she was on a little streak now, isn't she? Is she not on a win streak now? Two, yeah, two um, fights or three fights. Macy Barber. Yeah, yeah. And then someone else before that, I can't remember who, but... Um... Yeah, and again, you know, performances, I remember, she, she she never looks graceful, but 
yeah, she's, she grinds and she gets her job done. And um, I weirdly enjoy watching her fight, um, even though she's it's not technically most beautiful. Absolutely, yeah. She's she's clearly strong and tenacious. And, uh, yeah, she, she wants to be in there. She shows a lot of enthusiasm to want to be there, and I like that. Yeah, Roxanne uh, Modafferi defeated Andrea Lee by unanimous decision 29-28, 29-28, 29-28. Ben, what did you make of this one? Anything to add further to Danny's comments? No, I, I agree with everything. I think the, only, uh, the only thing which is impressive slash slightly worrying is I think Roxanne's striking has really improved in the last like two or three fights. <laughs> yeah. It shows how bad it was before. But yeah, yeah. yeah like, nice. I used to, I used to really root against it because when someone goes in there and they can't do something like in this case striking, like it bothers me. I'm like, well, you're a professional fighter. Why are you not able to strike? No, I'm not saying, I'm not saying mm-hmm. a striker, but better than what you're doing. Cause what you're doing at the minute yeah. is, is poor. Yeah. yeah. But then that was my opinion. Maybe saying I think four fights ago, and then. A rate of improvements since then, whilst this striking is still terrible, it's mm-hmm. so bad. Yeah, now I'm very much in a corner as a kind of tenacious she is with her grappling. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I'd say that sums up how I thought about her. Um, mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, it actually comes to I might as well hit you with this question now, Ben. I was going to do it at the end of the session, but it uh kind of falls in place. Um, I was going to ask you, you know, particularly more with the men's you new know, lighterweight divisions. Everyone's so well-rounded now. Everyone can strike at a world-class level. They can pretty much wrestle or anti-wrestle at a world-class level. Everyone's jiu-jitsu's you know, off the chart now. Everyone can do everything so well. Do you think there's a place in the lightweight divisions for a strategic plan in a training camp? Or do you think those days have gone? Everyone's just so talented now. They have to really adapt a plan as the fight folds out. Do you, what kind um, of... Me, personally, I go for the second one where you um, just see what happens in the fight. Yeah, yeah. That's how I think it's, it's going. I mean, strategy does have its place, but I think it's more strategy on the job. You know, your cornerman advising you in between rounds, you know, to steer the fight in another direction if it ain't working for you. But it yeah. seems that to try to have hopes on a strategy on the highest level in the lightweight divisions, I think it's almost an impossibility to try to predict anymore. Yeah. Um, mm. um, like you say, I mean, uh, when you get to a certain level... Um, and say you get matched with someone, so you go to your coaches, right? Can we all watch this guy? Let me know mm-hmm. what you think. It's like if yeah. you're sitting there hoping that your coach is going to come back and say, Oh, mate, you can't grapple. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's never going to happen. Or if you can't strike, can't rest. Right. It's literally never going to happen. Mm-hmm. They're always going to come back and say the same thing. It's like, mate, he's he's good. It's like, what, mm, yeah. what, what do you expect? He's in the UFC or he's in Bellator. Um, so my kind of ethos for it is. I know exactly what I need to be able to do to win an MMA fight. So I'm going to prepare to do that. And then mm. whatever aspects of that I got to use on fight, that's what I'll do. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. The, only, the only public exception is when I go to fight someone, I'll watch all their fights and I say, all right, his most common route to victory is this. That's what he yeah. has to do. And then it's yeah, think, then I'm done watching him then. Yeah, I think in a training camp, I think the only time you could perhaps have a strategy is when you're up against someone who's got a clear hole in their game and of course you want to try to probe to push that skill set in that arena where he's weak but um everyone's so strong these days yeah. um yeah i just wanted to get you know you're, you're obviously at the opposite end my career's long done you know a decade ago over but i try to say i try to say modern in my thoughts of how the game is now and try and put myself in the 
in the young guys' minds that are fighting today. So it was nice to try yeah. to get your perspective, being at your right at the beginning of a potentially very successful career, and wonder what your Come mindset was on it. Is on. <laughs> no way, no way. For, for one, I wouldn't def, definitely wouldn't be making no comeback at featherweight. Partly because they look <laughs> horrifyingly talented at that division, and um, yeah, I'd have to lose a couple of limbs to make that weight these days. Yeah, you are, you are right. Though. The skill levels getting up. So oh man, good. yeah. I, I mean, I've openly said back when I was uh, a world champion, I really honestly believe that um, you know, on a, on a ranked amateur event, I think there's top amateurs at that weight that would have beaten me as I was back then. I think that's the kind of difference we're seeing in level these days. Mm. And the way it's the way it's developing now, like say for example, if I'm watching someone who's in the top five of the UFC, being like, "All right, I need to be as good as these guys." Mm. Let's say for argument's sake, I get as good as them. That's not going to be good enough. Mm -hmm. That's going to become the standard of somebody who say is between top ten and top fifteen. Exactly. So I'm going to have to look at people like Alex Volkanovski, Max Holloway, and be like, "All right." What have I got to do to be significantly better than these guys? Because by yeah. the time that comes around, that's what I'm going to need to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, good way of looking at it. Uh, yeah, you're exactly right. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's see how it plays out. <laughs> um, so yeah, Mother Fairy's on a three-fight win streak. She beat Macy Barber, as Ben said, and uh, Lauren Murphy, and then Andrea Lee last night. So be interesting to see where she goes next because. Um, She's had some big fights uh, lined up uh, since she she was in the Tough Enough, or she was on the Tough Enough finale card. Um, she faced uh, Sajira Banks at UFC 230. She faced Antonia Shevchenko uh, back in 2019, which she won via a split decision. Um, she was lined up to face uh, Valentina Shevchenko. As a replacement for oh, God, Liz Carmouche, but um, yes. I don't think she's ready for that. I think uh, oh, Valentina would destroy. Yeah, yeah. Um, she did face um, Jennifer Meyer in a Invicta rematch, um, which Meyer won via a split decision, and that was her last loss. Which is, I wouldn't mind seeing a rematch of that. Because um, we watched Jennifer Meyer uh, a week or two back, and uh, she was quite good. Um, she's quite impressive. So I think that could be a good uh, next step for Modafari. Um, mm. What do you think about that, uh, Dan? Do you think that could be yeah, a good uh, yeah, matchup? Yeah, yeah, I think that would be a good one. Um, yeah, let's, let's get it on. I love watching, you know how I feel about these female bats. I just love how they throw down. And I think that one, um, you know, Regardless on whether it's a right or wrong fight, I just think that's a great matchup. I think it'll prove to be a really good good fight between them both. I wouldn't yeah. want to predict who wins it. I've not been good at the predicting bit, have I? But uh, no, that would be a hard one to predict who would win, to be honest. I'm on fire, as usual. <laughs> I think that's three, three weeks on the trot now, mate. Three weeks or four? Let's say four. No, I, oh yeah, Let's you got lucky four. last week, didn't you, as well? I'm lucky. just saying no more. Lucky, it was student <laughs> of the game. <laughs> um, okay, last couple of fights. Um, so next up was Ottoman Az Azita versus uh, Kama Worthy, who I was really looking forward to seeing. Um, big reputation, co-main event, big slot for him. Um, 
didn't go to plan for him. Uh, ben, you go first, mate. What do you make of this? Didn't last very long. Minute no, and a half of rang one. It didn't. It was like, I don't know. I, was, I mean, they both kind of threw fire with fire. And I don't massively understand why a professional fighter would put himself in a position where it's 50 50. Like, yeah, I, I bang, yeah, I'm glad you said that because I'll keep on banging about that. Why do you want to put things up in the air where it's a just an equal playoff? I don't, I don't get that. You want to strategize to put things into your advantage, and yeah, yes. Um, mm. I, I just, I, I, I couldn't get over that because I, I think that could just have easily have gone the other way. Yeah, and I, I can't figure out why, why you would do that as a professional fighter. You want to think if someone's going to look to do that, there's a million and one other things you could do to shut it off. Mm-hmm. Um, so, just um, like for people are listening and watching and stuff, tell us what you mean by um, making it like a fifty-fifty thing. Uh, specifically, like what you, what are you referring to? Should I say? So when when they're exchanging in the pocket, like to the, to their credit, both of them, whilst they're exchanging in the pocket, um, I'd have to watch it again to be hundred percent certain, but I'm pretty sure both of them they were moving their head slightly at the same time, like they are covering up whilst they throw with their other hand or whatever. Mm. So, but it's still a 50-50 exchange in the sense that they're both throwing at the same time and they're both within range. Like, Mm. that scenario is always going to happen in a fight. That's just reality. But that early on, it's a case of, and they're both throwing so hard, someone is going to land and it's probably going to have devastating consequences. Like, why would you not, fake a level change because the person has to react to that mm. or I mean another obvious one is you could try and step off and low kick but then the trade off of that is if you're trying to step off and low kick and they carry on their blitz sometimes that mm. catches you on one leg there's a lot of options mm. um, and yeah I just I, I think that's a bit naive okay. it's, um, slightly different from the fact that when Max Holloway did a similar thing with Lamas you know what, like the last 10 seconds of the fight, he's like pointing to the center of the floor. It's yeah, like, yeah. that's a little bit different because Holloway's like asserted a fair bit of dominance. He knows where he is. He's felt the power. He's got a sense of the timing. And then if he's like, you know what, fuck it, let's throw down. Mm. Then I'm like, oh, okay, fair enough. You, you know where you are. And if you're comfortable doing that, then, then do what you've got to do. But that early on, you haven't got the timing yet. And that's why I think it's a bit stupid from both of them. Mm. Yeah, two guys with them. Um, they came, both came in with big, big reputations. Uh, Omar, uh, uh, sorry, Otman uh, Azitar was and seventeen and zero, I think it was. Um, mm. Karma Worthy, both you know they're both known for throwing down as well. So I think it was kind of likely to go this way. Um, Danny, were you surprised by the way it went, or the way the decision making when it went there? Uh, I I kind of felt that it was never going to go to a decision. I didn't expect it to perhaps be over so so quickly. But um, yeah, it's it's a little bit. I think sometimes when you've created, when there's been a reputation being spoke about, I think the, the fighters fall into the trap of trying to act up to that reputation. Um, uh, it's like that Agapova, you know, we keep using her as an example where, she, you know, the, the match where she exhausted herself. She's got like, it's been known to overrun people and just put her foot down hard and just go, go, go and, and, and steamroll her opponents. And eventually it's, it's, it's gone against her. Um, I just think, you know, if you're going to keep throwing down in those fashions like, like what, what we saw, it's going to go against her at some point. But 
you know, let's not take nothing away from the victory. It, it, it was a great victory. Once some of the strikes landed, tasted blood and um, went for the kill and got the kill. Um, yeah, it's, it's still, still an impressive performance. A great show of power and combination and precision once started to land. I mean, once he landed, nearly all the other shots landed too. Yeah, and that, you know, that makes him 18-0 uh, and um, looking good. Obviously, he's the younger of the two. Uh, he's born in 1990, so what's that make him? 30? Yeah. Oh, my God. People are born in 1990 or 30. Don't they? <laughs> yeah, isn't it? <laughs> um, but, yeah, I thought it was generally... Um, I thought Otman was quite impressive. Um, Karma worthy, not a happy chappy uh, after oh. the fight. Um, did he have any reason to be unhappy, do you think, uh, Ben, other than his own performance? <laughs> Um, I said I only saw it once, but I think that that turtle position is a massive problem because to get up, you've got to put your hands on the floor or at least one hand on the, at least on the floor. When you do that, you're going to get hit. If you yeah. get hit, they're going to say you're taking unanswered shots. Mm. If you stay there and you cover up with both hands and you're like, all right, I'm going to wait for there to be a split second between punches. And then I'll explode up. They'll say you're not intelligently defending yourself. Yeah, um, so, it so like not necessarily talking about that fight, but like talking about probably the most recent examples, like Dominic Cruz with Cejudo. It's it makes it really hard to judge. But like you said, um, he ate so many hard, like really, really hard, accurate shots. Mm. Yeah, they were really uh, precise, weren't they? Yeah, I got you watching it. You're just like Jesus Christ. These guys can hit. Um, but then. You know, like when he's arguing with the referee afterwards and <laughs> saying like he shouldn't have been stopped. Um, one thing I noticed is he's not that steady on his feet. No. Um, oh, is he not? No, not like stumbling around like that guy after Modestus elbowed him out of the cage and he fell back out of the cage. Like he wasn't quite there, but like um, he just looks a little bit like he's leaning over to one side and he's a bit kind of... And he just he, he took a lot of shots. I was just trying to count them then as I was talking how many shots he took in that short space of time. So between when he turtles up and puts both hands down and the referee stops it, I think he takes seven quick shots to the yeah. kind of temple mm-hmm. side of the jaw. And, like, they're all clean as well. They're not, like, kind of glancing off his skull. or Like, they're all right on point. And I think, I, whilst I completely understand what you were saying, Ben, about like you've got to put your hands down to get up, and you know, with vice versa, it's kind of like from the referee's point of view, I suppose he's just taken seven clean, clinical, precise shots. Yeah, and I know, with it, he's not def- he's not covering up, he's not defending himself. Like how many how many is okay before he ends it? I suppose. Yeah. Mm. So I say, and the manner in like the shot he took before it went down, I think that's a really big factor. Yeah. Mm. Like, as I say, they were massive, massive shots. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, um, I look forward to seeing uh, Otman's next fight because uh, I caught my eye, shall we say. Is he, um, is he the one who's training with um, like the Dagestani guys, or is that a different person? Because someone was making a big fuss of a fighter who was training with them. But I, mm. I wasn't sure. Oh, isn't that the guy. Is it, isn't that Anklov? Anklev. Um, 
I don't know. You might be right, though. Right? But... Yeah, yeah. It's, I, I might be way off as well. I'm not 100%. Um, quick, I'll see if there's anything. Um, no, I can't see anything. So I think it's probably um, one of the other guys. Yeah. By the looks of it. Um, all right, then. Let's finish this off. It's been a, been a long one with the Bellators and the UFC tonight. So uh, we will go with the main event. And uh, in my opinion, absolute fight of the weekend. Probably fight of the last couple of weekends actually um thought this was fantastic and uh brought me back to the uh what was it uh amanda nunez and who was it dan what was that classic we watched uh in the year oh you know i'm bad with names uh uh nunez and 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 well uh close fight yeah like it was just a so war war um, uh, oh, what was uh, name? So bad with bringing up uh, names. Say again. Do you mean the Do you mean the random me or was that a different one? No, it was the one after that. It was the um, the Asian lady, I think. Uh, oh, so you have to type it up. Right, I'm gonna have to have a look anyway. But uh, right, Danny, what did you make of this one, mate? Because I think yeah, it was a bit of a banger. I, yeah, I enjoyed it from start to finish. Um, Hill really impressed me in those first two rounds. And I was beginning to think Waterson was not going to be able to figure a way around the issue of this reach and the work rate of Hill. And Hill's takedown defense was really amazing. Um, I know she did get taken down in the end, but her defense held up really, really well overall. But, um, you know, whether it was by chance or whether it was planned, Waterson in the third round switched to Southpaw and suddenly started getting some success with that certain line dominance with that lead sidekick. Um, and then that seemed to really trouble Hill. It stopped Hill being able to take advantage of the long reach. Um, and, and then the problem was being put onto her to try and find a way around it. And she never really found a way around that. Um, of course, she suffered that defeat by being taken down. So that was always going to be a, a worry, although a takedown defence held up thereafter. Um, I wouldn't have been surprised if it actually went the other way, the decision. It was like, I, I, I was so caught up. It's actually one of the fights I'm going to watch again. Um, yeah, yeah I, I, I'm, I'm just, yeah, I'm not too sure uh, because at the end, I don't know whether Hill was actually taken back the round at the end. Um, she really finished on a flurry in that final round. Um, that round was really quite close to me. But yeah, that was um, that was the thing really. It was Waterson's other change of strategy to go southpaw. She was really digging in those sidekicks. Her work rate started to go up and Hills began to taper off. And that might have been the undoing um for Hill to to lose the you know to lose the decision but look overall they both had an amazing performance i think they're both going to end up facing each other again sometime in the future and i think they'll uh, they'll be notching up wins in the meantime before they end up facing each other again uh, really impressive all the way through like i said it's not very often that i take interest to want to watch a fight again especially a five rounder but that one i want to watch yeah, it was impressive. Uh, so the fight we were thinking of, Dan, it wasn't um, Nunez, and that's why we couldn't remember it. It was uh, uh, it was actually uh, Zhang Wiley versus Wiley. Wiley, Wiley. Yeah, that's versus, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Joanna, John J. So Jake, is that the way you say it? Yeah. Yeah. But it was such a, my fight of the year, that is. So far, that was just brutal, straw weight. Yeah, the cardio as well. The cardio is just incredible. But yeah, I'm a big fan of uh, Zhang Wiley, and she is facing Rose Namajunas next. 
soon mm. as well, I think. So I'm uh, be looking forward to that. Uh, but Ben, what did you make of the main event between Waterton and Hill? Um, yeah, I thought it was a brilliant fight. So, uh, I had Angela winning the first two rounds. Um, Michelle Watson winning the next two. And then in round five, I got to a point where I was like, all right, I'm giving this to Michelle. And then Angela Hill had that little flurry at the end. Yeah, the right at the end, wasn't it? Yeah. And then I went, oh, fuck's sake. I, no, I really don't know. Yeah, that's um, exactly the same position. Yeah, I'd be really interested to know, and you'd never know without asking her yourself, if Angela Hill got heavy, like, in rounds three and four because of the takedown or because of the pressure she was trying to put on in one and two. Mm, um, yeah. So I, I felt like Angela Hill got, like, she seemed, like, heavy in the sense of, like, her arms got heavy in rounds three and four. And then right. in round five, it kind of balanced out because Michelle slowed up as well. Then it basically became a dogfight. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I say, you'd never know without asking her. But yeah. uh, so what, what, a, what a fight. And really impressive skill level as well, to be fair to both of them. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was very, very good. Very enjoyable. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I gave it just just to Watson. Um but uh, same as you, Ben. That little flurry at the end, and I was like, oh, mm. yeah. Like you said, Danny, about those when she started landing those side kicks to the face. Yeah, like mm. they really stand out, don't they? Like a side yeah, yeah, yeah. To the top. Yeah, I think maybe you know. It, I, I think maybe Watson got the nod on the decision because she was just being more diverse. You know, she yeah. was throwing punches and kicks in more combinations and she was going for the takedowns and did succeed with a takedown in the end. Yeah. Well, if you think about what Hill was doing, Hill was trying to sit behind predominantly her hands. She was kicking occasionally, but she was looking more uh, limited in her overall MMA um, attacks. So, yeah. yeah, maybe that was what gave it the nod. But great, great yeah. fight. I definitely want to watch that fight again. I'd love to see them both fight again because they would have to put changes in that they know what to expect with each other be interested to see what they both come up with a second time around yeah oh yes uh okay so to finish the show we have got a ridiculous couple of weeks of mma coming up um i was just having a little glance of next week's ufc fight night card um and obviously this is the sunday before the cage warriors trilogy and ufc 253 so like the next Two weeks of MMA is just incredible. So next week's fight night. Main event of Colby, Col- Colby Covington and Tyrone Woodley. Um, and I'm going to go through a couple of these fights. Ask you for your predictions. Don't have to give loads of detail. But just a, maybe a, just a name and a, and a reason. Um, so Danny, Colby Covington, Tyrone Woodley. Yeah, I'm going to go Colby. Um, Woodley's just not impressed me of late. I begin to wonder what his uh, long-term plans are. I know he, uh, he's been talking it up like he's all enthusiastic, but he hasn't been looking enthusiastic in his last few bite, uh, fights. But if if Colby was to, to lose, it's because he really pushes that cardio card, and um, that does mean that he could be opened up to Woodley's um, overhand. Is it his overhand right that he always lands? Yeah. Yeah. It's this right, isn't it? That's that's deadly. Yeah, he could get planted on by the, by by that. But Woodley quite often sits and hopes on that as well. Uh, but Colby might just give it to him. But on paper, I think I'm going to sway it for Colby. I think Colby's just going to be too wearing on 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 Tyrone Woodley. Um, I think he's uh, yeah, it's just going to outwork him. Yeah. What about you, Ben? Who you got for that one? 
Yeah, I think the same. I think it's going to be like a mirror image of Kobe versus Lola. Right. Yeah, yeah. You know, just pepper him, pepper him, grab a single leg. Even if he doesn't try and finish it, he'll just grab it just to make him work. And you let go, pepper him, grab it again, try and trip him, just make him work. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he work, He not only puts the pace on you, he, he does it in a fashion where, you know, he doesn't even need success with everything he's throwing out. He just He's just and creating the anxiety. He's just not letting you rest. Yeah. And uh, I think only, it'll wear on Woodley. The only um, spanner in the works is, um, I don't know if he's got a bit of an ego on him, because he didn't want to wrestle with Usman, did he? Right. Because mm-hmm. they've gone into like this, who's a better wrestler thing. I don't know if he'll want to try and wrestle him and lose. Right, yeah. I can't get him down. I think if that happens, if their striking exchanges are prolonged, he might mm-hmm. be tackling Woodley, and Woodley might just wing one over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think if he's if he's shooting and he's making him wrestle as well as strike, I think Colby all day. Mm-hmm. Shout. Um, and then we've also got Donald Cerrone versus Nico Price. I'm really looking forward to seeing Nico Price again. Um, yeah. Ben, what you got there, mate? Uh, I think Nico. Um, yeah. Just because when someone when someone relentlessly pressures Cowboy, even if it's not the most technical pressure in the world. He does not like it at all. Mm. Um, it's only if he can if he can stay in the fight and the pace are slow, then he takes control. But yeah, Nico's a wild man in the end. He'll just be chasing him the whole time. It'll mm. be a dark yeah. fight and I'll lose because of that. Um, Danny? Yeah, yeah, I, I've got to agree as well. Donald Shroni notoriously starts slow as well. Um, Shroni's just a nightmare if you allow him to get rhythm. He starts figuring you out and he starts putting the pressure on himself. I just think, uh, as much as I've respect him and enjoyed him fighting, you know, he's someone, to, to, to me, that should really think about hanging up those gloves. Uh, but let's not write him off. You know, if anyone can pull something off, you know, Donald Cerrone can, you just never know. But it all falls in Price's favour to win. Yes, indeed. So, as I said, I mentioned this that this card was loaded for a fight night card. Um, so there, your main event and your corner main event. Then we've also got Kazmat Chaimaev versus Gerald uh, Mushrat. I'm terrible mm. with names. Danny, who you got there? Think Chaimaev. Uh, well, is yeah, yeah, dominate. yeah. I think he's. Yeah, I think he's going to run through this guy. Um, yeah, I just can't see the other guy standing a lot of a chance. I really don't. Well, yeah. After he he beat Reese McKay, was it John Phillips as well? Mm, um, yeah. In the space of like a week. You'd expect him to do the same to Gerald. I, you know, yeah. Without being disrespectful to Gerald, I, I would expect a victory for Chimev here. Uh, yeah. Same for you there, Ben. Do you expect expecting the same similar? Yeah, same for me. Although I got to be honest, I'm rooting for Mershat just because I think it's so yeah. disrespectful of the USC to do that. Yeah. Like the two fights. So I'm rooting from now. Nothing against Chimev, but. Yeah, it's so cheeky. I'm rooting for him hard. Yeah, yeah. So for those who don't know quite what Ben's referring to, there is uh, the UFC booked this fight, but they've also booked Chimev in another fight, uh, whenever it is, whether it's a couple of weeks or. Do you know who is against the second fight, uh, uh, Ben? Damian Meyer. Yeah. So like, look, it's clear that uh, they've got massive hopes and plans for Chimev because. As soon as he beat John Phillips, they had him straight back in the Fight Island uh, cards, fighting Reese McKee. McKee. Um, And then, obviously, they've... It is 
so disrespectful to book that second fight after uh, Gerald. My shot. So I hope, you know, it'd be nice to see him throw a spanner in the works. And then, really, he should get the Damian Meyer fight then, shouldn't he, if he wins yeah. that? He should. Like, it's the way it should work, but I uh, don't think it will. Um, and then lastly, for our little predictions, we have uh, Johnny Walker, ranked number 11, versus Ryan Spann. Uh, Danny, who got you, mate? I'm going to go Ryan Spann. I've really not been impressed with Johnny Walker in recent times. Um, Let the hype you know, get to him. Yeah, I think um, Ryan Spann, I think the things that Johnny Walker's had over an advantage with people, he's always had height and reach advantage. There's hardly any height difference. There's hardly any reach difference. Um, yeah, I just think Ryan Spann, I've just got a gut feeling that he's going to, He's going to continue to to show that Walker's got holes in his game. So for me, Johnny Walker's got to win this. Otherwise, I, yeah, think I, he's I, in I real absolutely danger agree. of being. Uh, yeah, cut. and I think I think the only thing which saves him from being cut at the moment is his age, because mm. he come in, he blitzed those fights, looking impressive and looking good, and then he had that shock loss, didn't he? And then he lost again, and it's kind of like everyone's questioning his attitude. Mm-hmm. He cannot afford to lose this one, I don't believe. Um, so I'm going to go with Johnny Walker. Uh, ben, who you, who would you got here, mate? This is a bit of a tricky one. Yeah, to be honest, I don't know much about Ryan Spann. I can't, I can't picture him. Um, so I, yeah, I can't really say. I'm shitting out now as well because we got a one-one split, and I can't split it. <laughs> <laughs> but literally, I can't, I can't picture him. I'm going to Google him quick to see if I see Ryan Spann. Six foot five. He's a big, he's a big dude. He's a big, 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 big dude, isn't he? Yeah, he's big. That's what I mean. Johnny Walker's got no obvious physicality advantage, and I just think he's been a really effective because he's always had some kind of big, big advantage. But he ain't going to against knew, him. Um, I knew Johnny Walker was tall. I didn't realize he was six foot six. Yeah, he's yeah, a big, big he's guy. Really a big old he's a big boy. guy. Yeah. So, so are you going to? Oh, sorry. Yeah. So, so is um, Ryan Spann. I didn't know. He yeah, was he's a big guy. guy. Oh, yeah. So yeah, big you've, got split, you've got to split us, Ben. You've oh, got to make the I, final vote. I'd say what, based purely on the fact that he's in good nick, I'll go for Ryan Spann. Mm. I can't remember well, him, but he's in good shape, to be fair to him. So, yeah, I'll go for him. Thank you for your vote. Unfortunately, you lost, but don't take it personally. <laughs> Danny's been losing for the last five weeks or so. Oh, wow. <laughs> don't worry about it. No, I'm not playing. Um, just having a quick look on the prelims, see if there's anything which really takes my eye, to, which I want to get a prediction for. But there's nothing there, nothing there at the moment. Although I'm, there's a couple of fights I like the look of. Um, but yeah, so that's that. That's uh, all the UFC and uh, Bellator and stuff for this weekend. We'll be back next Wednesday. Re- getting ready. For a massive week, we'll be previewing the Cage Warriors trilogy. We'll be also previewing UFC 253. And, uh, of course, we'll be going through the results of the card that we just did the predictions from. Um, Ben, thank you for joining us, mate. I really, really appreciate it. appreciate your time. I know it's been a bit of a long one as well um, because you did that other thing for me before. but I you know, appreciate you joining us, mate. It's been a lot of fun and definitely like to have you back. Yeah, no, thank you both for having me on. I uh, enjoyed myself. Yeah, no worries. 
time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've ne- never got to spoke, speak to you ever before, Ben, but I uh, really liked what you had to say. Um, you, you're clearly passionate about the sport as well. I can tell you're, you're slightly obsessive with your personality as well, it seems, um, um, with your approach on it. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you know, that's how I saw myself about years ago. I can definitely tell, you know, not only from your performance that I've seen, um, but I can tell by your mindset that you're going to go far. I'll be watching with interest on your career. Uh, thank you, mate. Appreciate it. No worries, buddy. Yeah, you'll have to uh, come back on, Ben, after you've had your victory at uh, the Cage mm. Warriors Trilogy card. Yeah, 100%. What is it? What's your fight nickname? Oh, I don't have one. I'll, I'll tell you why. There's a there's a Nick Diaz video. I think it's either Nick or Nick. And they ask him about a nickname, and he goes on a little rant, and he's like, "Oh, you think this is a fucking joke? My name's fucking." Nick. <laughs> and then once I heard that, I was like, "Oh shit, I can't have a nickname now." <laughs> like it. Like yeah, yeah. Like some it. like some of the boys they mess about with the Welsh food thing, but I don't I don't like that too much. Like it's just because I'm I'm my own guy doing. It. I'm not trying to impersonate anyone. Yeah, there. yeah. But like. So it's just a bit of a joke. The Cage Warriors guys could use it for the uh, for that video they put up. So yeah, happy days. It sounds good anyway, so I'll take that. <laughs> yeah, it's not a bad little thing, and then when people are promoting you and stuff, it's just like a, a yeah, little it's thing. It's not the worst thing, is it? Yeah. There's worse fighters to be compared to. Yeah, true. Better than CM Punk, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's it, isn't it? <laughs> Jesus Christ. The Welsh CM Punk. Yeah, 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 Thank you for joining us, mate. He doesn't have the same ring, does it? Definitely. Whereas if I say the Welsh Khabib, thanks for joining us, Ben Ellis. <laughs> there we go. Top quality. Yeah, happy days. Top man. Uh, right. We'll be back next week, probably with another guest. I'm still waiting for Danny to confirm it. And uh, all right, yeah, they'll be okay. And, yeah, uh, that was we'll all right. We got lots of guests coming up, lots of yeah. shows coming up, and uh, I'll also be dropping more exclusive interviews with the Cage Warriors fighters getting ahead of the trilogy and uh, including Mr. Ben Ellis talking about his fight coming up. But in the meantime, we will see you next Wednesday for another episode of the Danny Batten Fight Show. Later. Podcast Network.